Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Lenny here, and I'm officially joined by the greatest mustache in the business, uh, Mr. Jason. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. It's good. It's good to be here, and I appreciate the shout out to the mustache. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, a, a certain type of confidence. You know, here's my issue with the mustache. I won't wear a mustache because then I have to start wearing crushed velvet. And I have to start, <laughs> I have to start talking in gold chains and it's like a whole thing. Yeah. I remember, I remember a Seinfeld episode when he was talking about, I don't want to be an orgy guy. I'm not an orgy yep. guy. And he's like, then I have to start wearing like baggy clothing. And I'll start yep. to, <laughs> you like, gotta get totally different footwear. I think is what he says. He's like, can I, can yeah. I, wear, I gotta wear sandals all the time now. <laughs> uh, this mustache, this mustache comes with black eyes. So okay. uh, it's a, it's, it's not the orgy mustache. It's the, yeah. uh, I think it's that one. I love it. So what I like to do with my guests, I like them to start their story wherever they want to, and we'll go from there. So I'll let you take it away. Sure, man. Uh, well, listen, so uh, it's the Construct Your Life podcast, which is right up my alley. Uh, I'm somebody who is very much all about uh, engineering the lifestyle that that I want. You know, I spend every single day, you know, working on the things that I love. And so uh, kind of how we got here um, was I was a veteran of the United States Army, got out of the Army in 2008. Um, and, and kind of have always been looking to get back on an elite team like that. We weren't special forces. We were digging holes in the desert, but we were a really tight team. And, and so um, the closest I've been able to find to that has been the teams that I've been able to build and the businesses that I've run. Um, and, and through that, uh, have been a real big believer in sort of let's call it farming my own attention span. So I sort of lean in on those things that I'm super passionate about and that, and that draw me in. And I, I really try to avoid having to do those things that, that drain energy from me and, and, and take, take things away from me. Uh, and I've been fortunate enough to, to be able to identify folks who get energy from doing those things that I don't want to do. So the classic example of that would be, you know, if I love to do sales, but I hate to do admin, well, there's somebody out there that loves to do admin and just would not ever want to do sales, right? Um, so I've had a, a CrossFit gym in Chicago called Bucktown CrossFit for over 12 years. Uh, I was able to sell most of that business over the last two years to uh, my brother and, and former second in command, Andrew Westcott, who's doing a great job with it. Uh, that community is, has been um, the real teaching lesson that I should be around communities like that. And uh, so to, you know, started out as, a, as an athlete, became a coach, started a gym with some friends in the army. Uh, and sort of the, the evolution of that life cycle led me to coaching other brick and mortar gym owners, uh, which I did for about three years uh, at first with a large organization and then a business of our own. Uh, I did that for two years. Um, and now uh, to try and scale that even further, I have nothing to sell now at this point. I, I now do a podcast for entrepreneurs and I don't just focus on just fitness. So at each step of the way, I'm trying to scale the amount of folks that I can reach out to with kind of my message, but also message from, from folks like you who recently was on my show as well. I don't mean to go like nine layers deep right off the bat, but you know, one of the issues I see and farming my own attention, I love that I'm going to sit with that for a while, but what's interesting about people is people don't want to write their vision out because they're worried about being kept to it. Hmm. Like if I put it on paper, then this is what I got to do. And as I look at your life, you know, I think you have a lot of the same qualities I do. Uh, I'm a builder. And then once there's work to be done, um, I'm gone. And it's not <laughs> like, I don't mean like I'm not working. It means that the work that to keep it going every day is not my thing. I'm, I'm here. Here's my advice. Let me coach you up. You go do the work or you find the person that does the work. And, and I've kind of cultivated that. But 
as you've learned more about yourself, it feels like your business has learned about itself too and, and mm. what you're willing to do. And you know, one of my jokes with entrepreneurship, it's not what you're willing to do as you grow. It's what you're willing not to do anymore that's truly the business that you're seeking. Yeah, I love that line, man. I'll have to remember that one. I'm gonna sit with that one for a while. Uh, I've been very fortunate. And I, I attribute this to the to uh, the military service where, uh, you know, a lot of folks will ask, you know, why did you fight? Did you fight for this? Did you fight for that? And almost all soldiers will tell you that the reason that they enjoyed the military was the people that they were right next to, right? Whether they were in a foxhole, which I wasn't, or whether they were digging a hole and, and running cable, which is what I did. Uh, it was it was it was that team that I was working for. And so I'm very fortunate in that as an entrepreneur solo. There are all sorts of things that I'm unwilling to do and, and would be willing to let go. But ever since that military service, there's nothing that I wouldn't do when I'm held accountable to somebody else, or at least when I hold myself accountable to somebody else. So I'll never be late, even if it's my meeting. I'll never not have that PDF ready. If I'm hiring somebody, I'll never not have their four hours documents ready, their, uh, you know, the, the structure set in place, a training program for them, because I've made those mistakes in the past. And I just will never allow myself to show up that way for somebody else. I've both been on the receiving end of that and the giving end of that. And so to me, even right now, there's, you know, I roll jujitsu five days a week. And, and I go five days a week, probably more than I should, because there's a guy that's me when I was 24 years old. Shout out yeah. to Mo. Yeah. He's 24 years old. He's 225 pounds and he's got the whole world in front of him. He's a monster. So I, I, in my mind, I have that little chip in my mind, not a chip in my shoulder, but a chip in my mind of like, I'm going to show up for him. And that keeps me accountable. Does that make sense? No, dude, I heard uh, this is when my life was in fucking turmoil. Uh, <laughs> and, and I heard Gary V say this line. You know, I was creating the business. I was doing that. But the number one thing that I was not uh, up on was my health. And he goes, I just didn't give a fuck yeah. until I cared about my trainer so much that I paid him. So, so for fast forward to me, yeah, there's two things I refuse to be, uh, for, to ever happen to me. I am never going to be the cog in the reason that we can't get stuff done in my business. Never. If you're waiting on documents for me, we, we, we the, the, the wheels have broken off. The second thing is, uh, in two hours, I'm doing it. I, as a coach, am learning to deal with multiple energies as we're getting bigger and bigger in companies. And I uh, can't turn my shit off. Like, I, like I'm, I'm getting better, my walks in the morning, but I will pay a, a body work specialist for an hour and a half. And that is my recharge button. Because mm -hmm. I paid them that money, the phone goes away. I actually meditate. And so, it's not an option for me whether or not I have to. I know that I'm more. And, and the thing yeah. is, this is the same thing I tell my business partners and the people that work for me. Uh, I got kids to feed. Yeah. And they're like, what? And I'm like, I got to feed your kids. And so that's my fuel, you know? And like, I, that, that is like keeps me going every day is to stay consistent is my business partners and their kids. Yeah, I don't have any of my own kids right now. But, but when I take on that responsibility and, and that's kind of like my secret weapon to like mm. never, never have the fire be put out. I love that, man. And, and I agree. I, I really resound or I really resonate with the idea of having a payroll and viewing it as like having your own kids to feed. Right. And, and we've had, you know, a, a pretty high five figure uh, monthly payroll for, for a long time that we've been responsible for. I'll tell you what, man, if you want to figure out what you should be doing every day, retire for six months and pay attention to what you do because I haven't worked for anybody. I have no clients. I have no team. I have nothing but the podcast that I make and, and a couple of, uh, you know, they're, they're hired consultants that do the, the podcast editing and things like that. But I have nobody that I'm accountable to other than myself and my family. And, and I find that 
Uh, I'm on the phone every single day with entrepreneurs every single day. I'm doing things every single day with my body, whether it's jujitsu or rucking through the dunes. I live here in Indiana Dunes National Park. Uh, I spend tons of time uh, with my newborn daughter, Lucy, and my wife. And, and I don't do anything that I don't want to do, but I can see where I can make a business out of that. I, I think that you're comfortable in your seasons. Yeah, sure. And, 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 and my big push against America is when you leave the job, you're supposed to have the answer within an hour after leaving the job. <laughs> don't go, don't get me wrong, bro. I have those things. I can't help it. That's I'm on that razor's edge of like, no, I'm, I, I've earned this. I want to well, take this time. And, well, and then, I, but then I feel it. I feel that, that lack of juice, man. I've lived, I've thrived so long on that. Something we're doing in our business that we're yeah. creating a consulting company and we're all busy that two of them have families. And we literally had this conversation, how much time and what day, are you willing to account for this? And when you sign up for that day, this is what we're going to do. It. So literally, we're going to create a business. This is, yeah. I'm kind of like loving the, the expertise, like the expert. This is when we coach Wednesday afternoon, Thursday afternoon, or like, you know, Tuesday morning. That's it. And if mm -hmm. the clients can't fit in that, sorry. And we're going to see. I'm, I'm very intrigued. But that is the time that we allowed it to it. Um, I can manipulate my schedule around. But we ran the numbers and mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you, we make more money than most businesses. And, yeah. But 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 it's almost like us choosing ourselves first, which then in turn, the clients are going to choose us because we chose ourselves first. Mm -hmm. Well, and I've seen that across a couple of different things that I'll share. One is I've been a nutrition coach and I've led nutrition coaches uh, for thousands of transformations. And it didn't start. We didn't have any before and afters, maybe one or two in the first five or six years of my business. But as soon as we drew a thick, dark line of exactly what you could do and what you couldn't do, as soon as we started to say no to those people that were like, oh, but I got a birthday party. Oh, but I got this. As soon as we started to truly define the vessel that we expected our clients to live within, all of a sudden I get a thousand uh, five-star reviews. All of a sudden I get a thousand transformations that totally change people's lives. The other one, working with entrepreneurs, and this one is is across the board, every, almost every entrepreneur that comes that I've worked with that has struggles, it's because they're trying to be the variable between their clients and their staff and reality. In other words, their clients and their staff are like, yeah, but I'm special. I need this special treatment. And then they make that first decision to say like, you're right, you are special. So I'm going to, you know, stretch myself to fill the rest of this equation out. And because of that, there's the, the relationship is broken from the start. Does that make sense? The number one thing that I did to elevate my business is lose my ego. Hmm. Okay. When I first started coaching, I'm going to be everything to everybody. I'm yeah. going to be spreadsheet Austin. I'm going to be motivation Austin. I'm going to be trainer Austin. Sure. And now I go, hey, you need a trainer? Talk to Chase Tolson. Hey, yeah. you need a spreadsheet guy? Talk to Conrad. I don't do that. No, Austin, but we, nope, you mm -hmm. didn't listen to me. Well, how much are they going to charge me? Nothing. Well, they're just going to talk to me? Yeah, because we've got an agreement. Hmm. And, and then we're just kind of like, the, the, the yeah. community is helping the people. There's no egos and everybody's getting it done. And, and, and what happened to me when I started in real estate, I'm like, I'm going to learn all this stuff. I'm going to be multifamily. I'm going to do this, blah, blah, blah. And I spent like a year and a half listening to the thing. And I was like, why am I doing this? Mm. My friends are the best syndicators in the country. Why would I try to be the, better than them? Because I'm half-assing it. So I just decided to be the coach, the consultant, and the moment that, that was my focus and I positioned myself in that space, I started collaborating JV with people. And, and the thing is, is like the guy that all he does is syndicate apartments 
is going to be way better than me spending two hours a week on it. Yeah, I, I think that's really intelligent. Uh, one of my uh, mentors, Alex Charfin, talks about the levels. And in the beginning, if let's say you're a personal trainer in your garage, you get to be everything for everybody. But at a certain point, the number one question you have to ask is how do I lower pressure and noise and create space for my, my team to help me? Now, when I get to that next level, how do I help my, my team? That's when I can start to really uh, do things well. But in the first, that first stage of breaking away of being this expert practitioner that most entrepreneurs started out as is we have to allow ourselves to let our team help us so the business can rise above, right? So hundred percent. And it's interesting because uh, one of my mentors asked me the other day, he said, you know, your energy is kind of like, he said, it, it's kind of like, he said, he said, I felt it. And it was like a little different. And, and I was like, well, here's what's happening. Uh, the clients are getting bigger. The responsibility is getting bigger. The, the real estate deals are getting bigger. The businesses are getting bigger. And what's happening is I'm smashing through levels of my identity that mm. I don't even have a chance to get comfortable with. Yeah. Like, we're like, oh, there's this really big deal. And then on Friday, there's an even bigger deal. And you're like, well, I was going to enjoy that and kind of live in that identity. And now we're like 20, you know, and so it's like, and now I'm just like, okay, so what's the thing? Okay. The thing is, is like, show up every day show up every day. And, and one of the things I was just telling the, one of my good friends who I interviewed on the podcast, I tell, tell my business partners that every day I'm going to earn the right to continue to be your business partner. Mm. I'm not going to take it for granted. I'm going to go out and work for you every day in my role, which is to attract, which is to be on podcasts, which is to have sales calls, which is to talk to people and know that I'm out there putting it in for you. And I don't take this relationship for granted. It's the same thing with your spouse. It's the same thing with your kids. Like mm -hmm. your kids don't need to be there just because you're the dad, you know, because that's like what it's supposed to happen. No, you need to show up as a father, as a spouse, as a husband every day and earn their love over and over and over again. And when you carry that with you, that's super powerful. So I don't know you that well, but I've, I, I don't mean to flip this on you. I don't know you that well, but I've talked to you a few times and it's like very clear that you're, you're on this trajectory, right? Like you're, you're blasting off. And so I guess my question in response to what you just said is, are you the rocket ship or are you in the rocket ship? Because it sounds like sometimes when you're talking, it sounds like you're the rocket ship. Like you're going to carry this motherfucker out of, out of space. Yeah, 100%. And sometimes when you're talking, it's like, no, these guys are the fuel for my rocket ship. And then we can fuel their rocket. You know what I mean? And so I just yeah. I was curious what you would think about that. I, I think it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think one of the greatest things I, I heard this week in my book was, you're not a leader until you can lead somebody who can lead somebody. Mm, that's great. And, and so like, that's my thing is like, here's here's where i am different than most i have i am all those things i'm the guy that's gonna you can cry on my shoulder and i'm the guy that's gonna punch you in the throat all in the same token <laughs> sure. like my friend said this comment about me it was like you are the you 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 literally can can lift me up and beat me up in the same sentence and it's like i i you know angelo cisco told me he's like you know remember that the car changes the driver doesn't and I feel like, you know, as a, as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, as a visionary for certain things, um, my clients are come first, my business, you know, and then, so like what I need and what they need are two totally different things. Like, I just love the game. Like the game yeah. is so crazy. Like to, to not be a drunk, 
to be healthy and to be happy and just running wild, they call me, they call me the, the stallion. They go, they go, the stallion needs to run out to the field and just get all his energy yeah. out. And then he comes home and he's like kind of exhausted. And it's like, okay, yeah. what are we actually going to do? Right. And I just kind of put people in my life to keep guardrails on my ideas. But they, you know what I call but, that? What's that? I call that Kentucky windage. I'm so crazy as an entrepreneur that I just need to realize like I'm here and like everybody else is over here. So I just take 15% off when I like communicate with some folks and I call that Kentucky windage. I love it because yeah. if you left me to my own devices, exactly. we'd have, we'd have 65 businesses and not, yeah. we, Hey, before this is all said and done, we might, but I'm just saying yeah. like, yeah, yeah. you know, but like understanding that, but like, this is the difference between me. Some of those businesses are not predicated on making money. Mm -hmm. Some of those businesses are a home for impact. Some of those businesses are a home for that entrepreneur. Some of those businesses are a home for a job and I don't need those to make a ton of money because the horizon of that business is longer. And I think it, it's, it's a very intricate, deep layer of thinking that a lot of people don't think about because they're not looking at their life as an entire circle. They're saying, this is how I make money. These are the only things I should be focused on. But it's like, you do your jujitsu, you do your hiking, you like to be outdoors. And like, the thing is, is like what you're doing right now, if I had to guess, is you're sitting back, you're doing the podcast, you're meeting interesting people, you're, you're spending time with your family, you're storing up energy, and you're, and you're, and you're kind of, you're kind of seeing, you're kind of seeing which, which next kind of integrator you're going to put your, you know, this person and everything. And, and, and they asked Winston Churchill at the end of his life, how much, how, how did you do so many things? And he said, conservation of energy. Oh, wow. And it's like, everybody's like, man, you're just so excited. I'm like, no, I'm just excited. Like for everything, because like, we have such an opportunity where, the barrier to entry to start business is so much easier. Um, the opportunity to get healthy is better than it's ever been. We know more about food than we've ever known. We know more about the mind than we've ever known. And like some people are just sitting around going, well, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, dude, there's 40,000 podcasts and YouTube channels that says, I don't know, drink water, eat well, move your body, lift weights, smile. Yeah. You know, what's hard about that though, Austin, is that I feel like especially small business entrepreneurs that are struggling. I feel like everybody wants to be Sisyphus pushing the ball up the hill. Because what I find is most people that are struggling in their business are just trying to do what they've been doing and failing at harder, right? And they're like, how can I possibly, all I do is take sales calls. How can I take more sales calls in an eight hour period or more? And it's like, dude, you're just pushing a heavier stone or you're pushing it a little harder, but you're still gonna roll it down every single day and you roll it back up. And I think that the folks that are able to find a way to conserve energy, or some jujitsu metaphor that I could come up with if you gave me minutes uh, is to actually say like, all right, well, obviously the thing that I'm doing isn't working. I used to in CrossFit classes, somebody would come in and they moved poorly. They'd have duck walks or they would, you know, push off the table when they stood up and I'd be like, look, your instincts got you here. You just have to accept that your instincts were wrong. And if you can be humble enough to do that, then I can help you get better. Well, when you're an entrepreneur, how do you know when you're, doing the wrong thing too many times or when you're stuck? It's a great question. I think that if you've tried in earnest and it feels impossible, it probably fucking is. If you've tried in earnest and it feels impossible, it is. I don't know if that means you're not the one to do it or the technique or tactic is wrong. One thing I think is people think that they need to people there's tactics and there's strategy, right? And a lot of entrepreneurs, especially guys like me and you visionaries, right? We want to do it our way. 
And I think for strategy, that's great. We're going to climb the mountain, but we're going to do it in a different route than ever been done before. But if you want to change the tactics that people have developed before you, because you're so special, it's like, oh, we're going to climb the mountain, but we're not going to use the same handholds. We're not going to use the techniques or the belay techniques that people have used for hundreds of years. We're going to do it our way. We're going to use, we're going to use slinkies instead of fucking ropes. Well, yeah, man, that's not going to work. And so I think there is this thing where people are like, oh, uh, I want to do a sales funnel, but I'm going to call it a, a sales spiral. And it's going to be a little different. And we're not going to track it on a spreadsheet. We're going to write it in chalk, like whatever. I, I don't know. This is breaking down, but like the idea is like, I think that most entrepreneurs think that they will succeed by just getting better and working harder at what they're already good at. Uh, Morgan Hazel wrote a book, psychology of money. He said the number one issue, uh, where you're not where you want to be is that you think you're fucking special. Yeah. And he was, sure. and what he, he wasn't saying like, you're not a special person. He's saying that um, I have a client who I coach his whole company. And one of the things that he has taught me, because we both, if you put us on an hour zoom call, we might come up with 60 business ideas. <laughs> sure. Like that's just how we are. Right. And yeah. he said, look, here's the deal though. I'm not pulling anything. We're, we are not starting a business without things that we can't pull off the shelf. Meaning we're not going to build a car without parts that don't already exist. Once mm. we've proven that we can execute on those parts, then we gave ourselves the right to go do the other thing. Yeah. And it's, it, man, it's that lesson that's like, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, it, it's really simple. Uh, there are businesses that you don't find sexy that are really, really successful. Sure. <laughs> like, like people that make tons of money doing the same boring thing over and over and over again. And uh, I like Mike Rowe. I like him a lot. And he was on Ed Milet's podcast. He was talking sure. about, you know, what you don't understand about all those people on dirty jobs, that 60% of those people were millionaires. Hmm. And he's That's like, awesome. and like, they didn't love it when they started, but they found a passion for what they were doing amidst action. And so the thing is, is like the thing, th this is another thing about entrepreneurs. Just because you were unsuccessful in said business sector, doesn't mean that you don't have skills that can move over to another business sector and just dominate. And, and so like, don't think that you got to start from zero. If, you, if you've already been down the road, just take what you learn and then place it over this thing, because there are multiple things that you could do. Um, you know, you could, uh, you know, start this business or this gym or whatever. And, and like, what I've noticed is everybody that I friends with that were in the gym business, they seem to be moving out of it or, or, or recalibrating more to a holistic mindset coach, not just physical stuff. And as you've seen the business from the inside out, the CrossFit place and everything, like what, what is the shift that's happening? I mean, obviously COVID, but what is the shift that's happening in the marketplace? Uh, yeah. Let me address that. I want to address something you said earlier though. Yeah. One of the things you said was um, you're talking about uh, my friend, Mary Tatimez, who I had on the show. She's great. You should meet her. Uh, she says, bloom where you're planted. Right. Uh, but I think the thing when you talk about having a skill set and trying to shift to another industry or trying to shift to another job or trying to start over, I think the the problem is, is the entrepreneurs typically look at the skills or the efforts or the things or the team or the, the, the extremity, right? In fitness, we have this concept of core to extremity and everybody wants to worry about extremity and nobody wants to focus on the core. In that case, that's your ego, right? It's, or it's, it's what you are doing. It's who you are. It's how well you know yourself. And that's the thing where in that proposition you made where that person would be successful by just saying like, 
you know, I'm looking in the mirror and I don't see a real estate agent. So I'm going to move on to something else. Uh, and that brings me to answering your question about fitness. I think fitness is so special because I think fitness is something that is both virtuous and specific, but it's broad, broad and specific, right? Uh, we're sort of especially CrossFit. There's this concept of everything is everything. Be more human. These are like marketing slogans, but they're real, man. And so a CrossFitter will start with, I want to learn how to do a pull-up. I want to learn how to do a clean. And so they start with the physical and then they realize very quickly, okay, it's mental. I have to like turn off that anxiety and I have to just be able to just move fluidly and do this thing. And then it turns into nutrition and it's like, okay, cool. I'm just going to eat, you know, uh, I don't remember the, the phrase off the top of my head, but basically paleo. Uh, I'm just going to eat, you know, paleo or organic foods. And now I don't like to drink as much and I don't go out as much as I used to. So I'm going to hang out and do barbecues with these other freaking primal gorillas. And, and, and so pretty soon you realize that it's this whole, you know, Vitruvian man and woman that comes out of, you know, trying to get your friend time down, uh, as opposed to I've worked with a bunch of personal trainers, I've worked with a bunch of, you know, boot camp folks, and some of them have that and some of them don't, it's not to disparage them. So for some people in fitness, it's just a job, but CrossFit in particular, and this sort of primal movement, I mean, that's primacy, it's, it's, it's everything. And so it's sort of like improving who you are. Uh, I feel like the things that I've gravitated to in my life have been capital T truth, like undeniable truth. Things like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it's the truth. And MMA even more so, it's the truth. It, does it work or does it not work? Let's find out. Uh, CrossFit, CrossFit is the truth, meaning that uh, if there's a better way to do that pull-up, it's cool, let's do it that way. If there's a better way to pick up that weight, it's cool, let's do it that way. I've watched that happen in real time. Uh, podcasting, it's the fucking truth right? There is nobody talking in your ear right now. There is no sponsor that you have to consider about how you respond to the next thing. These things that are just truth that are undeniable. That's the only thing that I have interest in. If that makes sense. And I just no, can't tolerate, no, I can't abide. It, anything. No, else. it makes complete sense. I was in Dallas and I trained with a UFC fighter. Cool, it's the cool. first time. Um, it's younger guy. I don't really remember, but he was in another thing. It was a friend of a friend, but, cool. but long story short is, is that I never in my life sweat so much and, <laughs> but, and, and hurt from the, from the ab workouts he was making us do on the medicine balls. But nice. here's what they don't tell you. I'd never been more tired in my mind before hmm. the, the amount of concentration that you had to keep to jab hook, you know, like, man, I wasn't prepared for that. And, and, you know, the question that I have to ask anybody that's listening, like, when's the last time that you, you know, physically exerted yourself? When, yeah. When's the last time that you push? Like, I've got a client, coaching client right now who's took up boxing the last two months, changed his entire life. Hmm. And he was, like, telling me about what he loves hmm. about it. And I was, like, we had a coaching call yesterday. And I was, like, yeah, that sounds a lot about life. Stay focused. Mm -hmm. um, you know, pay attention or you're going to get knocked the fuck out. Like, you know, like, I was yeah. like, I was like, oh, that sounds about life. Like pay attention stay focused, care about yourself, um, you know, work through mentally, uh, drink enough water, like, you know, and, and, and we're, we're, my thing with people is we're saying that we're all in, but we're not really all in, you know, yeah. we're saying that we're doing it, but we're not really doing it. Well, and, and here's the thing, like, uh, first, first of all, my friend, Robin Lalonde, coach Robin Lalonde, shout out to Robin. Uh, she has a phrase, collective elective suffering. We get together in a group and we agree to suffer together. That creates bonds that are totally different than the ones at work. And by the way, the best bonds at work are the ones with folks that you've gone through it together with. Right. And so it's, it's the same thing. And so, um, 
you know, I don't have a, a program or anything like that, but if I did, you better believe that everybody's doing collective elective suffering every single week. I don't care how, whether it's hot yoga or jujitsu or, or, or CrossFit or going for runs in groups, right? But this idea that you're going to sit on a Peloton and have, you know, a robot scream at you, and that's going to make you somehow, you know, uh, a better person. Nah. Are you going to burn some calories? Sure. Uh, but to me, the thing that, that the reason why the average client engagement at our gym was always years longer than the average client engagement at, you know, insert other gym, I'm not going to disparage anybody, uh, was because there was so much more going on. Like I said earlier, people are holding themselves accountable to their training partner, to the group, to, to they want to go on the ski trip that we're going on or whatever. Does that make sense? Go ahead. No, I've spent a lot of time in because my client is in the crypto meta universe NFT space. And yeah. I was in that space for like 2.5 seconds and it clicked. Community. Yeah. Yes. Community. That's all it is. Uncensored community. And and that's what the podcast has brought. And that's what the NFT and web space and web three is like. These people just want community. Where how do we get a group of individuals that are driven, excited? You know, that's all these things. If you look at CrossFit, same thing, community. Like the, the question that you have to ask yourself is where's your community? Like, are you, and, and, and the question is, do you, do you know who you are enough to know what your community is? Like, I don't like soul search, you know, fine. Or get in the community, don't like it, you know, move mm -hmm. ever. But, but, but ultimately that's what everybody's missing in, in the space. They feel, you know, especially entrepreneurs, sometimes they feel alone. Mm. And they feel like, oh my God, I'm just drowning in my business. I can't, uh, is this really what I signed up for? You know, and they're, and they're, they're, they're not, there was a reason that they started said business. And now we might be two months, six months, a year, six years in and going, you know, I, I feel like I'm away from the reason why I started it in the first place. That happens it's, to everybody. Well, I mean, everybody it, ain't, it ain't less time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget the first time I went to a mastermind. It was the barbell mastermind. Uh, shout out to the guys that do barbell shrug. So Angelo Cisco, actually, you mentioned him. He was uh, after me, he started to go to that group, but uh, either way uh, I thought I was just a fitness guy. And it turns out I'm more entrepreneur than fitness because I showed up there and I was like, Oh my God, these are my people. We talked till like two in the morning before two long days of entrepreneurs. I'm taking notes. I'm getting up. And I've never gone to a mastermind and not left with way more energy and ideas and friends. I stay in touch. One of my competitors of mine, uh, Will Hurst, Will Taylor, those guys are, are, are have, have comp competed with me in this market space. They're like brothers to me. I travel to their houses in to different states because to me, uh, this idea that we're competing with each other as entrepreneurs is complete bullshit, right? You do your thing, do it as best as you can, and there will be enough pie for you, sir. I'll do my thing and there'll be enough pie for me, right? Uh, in CrossFit, we always say you're not competing with the CrossFit gym down the street. You're competing with the couch, right? Because right now, 8% of people have a gym membership. So let's get cracking, you know? 8%. Something like that. That's an old stat, but it's something like 8%. That's rough. So if somebody is looking to just change the narrative, right? They're, they're, they're not, you know, uh, mentally, physically, it doesn't really matter, but, but they're just kind of like, maybe they're, they're in a business they started, they don't love it. Maybe they're unhealthy, you know, uh, which I see more often than not, you know, where does one be, even begin? It's a great question. Uh, a few things. One uh, is from a technical perspective. I love traction. I love the EOS, the entrepreneur's operating system. It provides you the answers to the series of questions that your business have. I always tell people your business will ask 
a fixed number of questions of you as an owner. It's up to you whether you ignore them or answer them or how you answer them. Traction is a great starting space because it's gone through and it's done the legwork of answering those questions. And then as the entrepreneur, can you tweak some stuff and, and change some things around? Sure. But from a mindset perspective and an ego perspective, I'm a big fan of, of two different things. And I do both of them weekly. One is collective elective suffering, putting yourself in a position where you are humbled on a daily basis in a fun and safe way so that everything else feels easy. And two would be like, solo missions, right? So for me, that's ruck marches, that's float tanks, that's ice baths where I'm thinking about either nothing or very deeply about my place in this universe. Uh, going on long walks with the dogs alone. These things I do every single week uh, and I get very different things from them, but I have learned so much. The one I always tell people is I was in a float one day and I just realized that every time I say something, I'm doing it right now. Every time I say, I say something that I'm a little sensitive about and I don't know how it's going to be received, I curl my toes. I don't know. But now I know that about myself. And it's almost like a spidey sense because I feel my toes curling. And I go, oh shit, am I ready to say that? Like right now I'm blushing. I can feel the blood rushing to my head. I think about me sometimes. And because I understand and know me, now it's easier for me to know you. And it's easier for me to not be defensive when you say something we disagree about. Because I go like, oh, cool. Like this is a moment where I can learn. And it's because I spend every single week, I spend time thinking about me and my place in the world. Well, that's super important. And, you know, such great info. I think that we're not, I'm all for, uh, you know, my thing is messy action. You know, I love messy mm -hmm. action. Like just get in there and get crazy. Sure. But what they're missing in that statement is there's messy action and then there's reflection. Messy action, reflection, messy action, reflection. And, and one of the things that I champion and the one of the things that I think I respect is seasons of life. Like there's time mm -hmm. where the hammer is floor to the floor, no breaks, the brake, brake fluids, you know, we're out of it. And then there's time where I just kind of like sleep a little more that month and like mm -hmm. I'm just recharging. And I think when you can kind of dial in those, you know, uh, Dan Sullivan's one of my favorite authors, who's a big coach for a long time. And he says, you're watching entrepreneurship these days and their schedules are resembling more of like entertainers and athletes more than ever. It's kind of like, you know, uh, you have your days where the spotlight's on, you have your days where you're off. And it's, it's not that I'm not working on those days, it's, but, mm -hmm. but I'm not, I'm not obligated to work if I don't want to. And yeah. I still might work, but it allows me the space to say, you know, maybe not as much. And I don't know, I just find myself like really fired up to step into Monday instead of feeling like Saturday or Friday just happened. I don't know. That's just yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, I think our mutual, uh, I don't know if you're friends with her, but Layla Hermosi talks about seasons of yes and seasons of no. And I, I think that's a, a, a brilliant way to look at it. Uh, but also too, as entrepreneurs and as visionaries, what is visionaries? Visionaries are people who visualize things. And so if I'm going to make, if I was going to write a book, or if I was going to make a program, or if I was going to give a presentation, for weeks, it's only in here. For weeks, I'm, I'm laying things out and I'm blowing them up. That's why I like float tanks. Because in a float tank, I'll actually mentally blow up a business or a speech or oh a, a, a project. And, and I literally, it looks like an engineering diagram in my mind, right? Yeah, and so it's me. like, oh, that makes sense. And oh, that doesn't make sense. Why are we doing that? They don't even want to be here. Like it's so many things have become so clear to me. I once came, I once went into a float bank with a blank mind and came out with not only a business idea, but Bro. the name, the okay. name, the logo, and the address that we ended up moving into was all fixed. Now I've that never, business, go ahead. I've never done a float tank before. Bro, come to my house. I, I know. I'm, I am. I, when, we're, when, we're run, when we're running up north, for sure. But, but hear, yeah, yeah. hear me out. 
Yeah. Uh, same thing happened to me. I went oh, into really? a massage with nothing. There you go. Halfway through, I got the masseuse who's a friend to stop. And yeah. I wrote out an entire business plan yeah. on the whiteboard. And that's yeah. what we're currently building right now. Oh, that's so great, man. Isn't that awesome? So let me ask you this. So, so what, hold much, on, I did, to finish ahead. your thing, what, what I'm realizing that we have to do as we continue to scale is protect decisions. Yes. Yes. That's like, meaning like, are we, are we eating good? Are we, are we emotionally healthy? Are we spending enough time away from work? Because these decisions are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And if we're making those decisions in haste yeah. or, or not like 100% who we are, then we're not making the right decisions. Yeah, when I engineer my calendar, which I definitely do. Again, I don't have a program, but if I did, this would be in there. Uh, I have non-negotiables. Like I said, at least three times a week, I'm doing collective elective suffering. At least once a week, I'm going on a two to four hour ruck or individual solo mission. I have family time built in. My schedule has Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu blocked off five days a week now period. The calendar is not open, dude. And, and I think that um, if, if, you, if you can put those things in place that allow you to show up, then you'll be able to show up and you do so with gusto, right? Like you talk about waiting for Monday because you had a badass Saturday and Sunday, dude, you're traveling the world. You're living in an RV. This is awesome. Like the real estate investor who travels the world in an RV doesn't even own real estate. I love it, man. Or what, you know, whatever. I'm going to write yeah, your own No, it's, you, it's, 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 uh, See if I really fucked him up. Uh, I'm the Airbnb guy that stays in hotels. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 you know, it's interesting. Uh, I think I mentioned this on your podcast. You know, for me, there's so many big decisions happening right now and, and we're expanding and we're scaling. Like I need the space from mind to roam. And like my walks in the morning are my non-negotiables. God's mm -hmm. the best. Yeah. I mean, when the sun's coming up and like, I'm listening to my book or like I'm reading my book, like, man, those are just for like two years straight now. Like those are just, and it was funny. Cause I, I remember I ran into this real estate guy and he was like 85 and he was sell, still selling real estate. He was the happiest dude in the world. He's like, dude, for five years straight, I walked three miles every morning, rain or slide. And he's like, it's my non-negotiable. And he's like, wow. he was just so happy. And he was like, yeah. it was this time, you know? And I think, I don't think enough people have those in their life. They don't have non-negotiables. Yeah. And I would even, I would even add to that. Uh, you can see very quickly as an entrepreneur where this extrapolates to Steve Jobs wearing black turtlenecks, right? Uh, or, or the fact that we used to have to remember phone numbers and directions to place. And now this occupies that portion of our brain, which means I can put a phone in my pocket. That's got all the directions covered. It's got all the information in the world on it. And now I can think about other stuff. Right. And so the same thing, like uh, Alex Charfin again uh, has, when you start his program, he's got a whole checklist of like, have you automated all your bills? Have you taken care of all your uh, tax stuff? Do you have everything? Just get it off of your plate. So you're not thinking about it. You're not worried about the electric. You're not worried about shopping for clothing. I wear flip-flops or one pair of shoes every day. That's it. Unless I'm rocking, I wear boots, but uh, I wear the same. There's five shirts that are in rotation. If you watch my podcast, it's fucking boring. It's all olive drab and black. This is the first time I've worn a color in months. Uh, and I think what you're doing is you're taking those micro decisions off your plate so that you have the, the space to be like, okay, what area of the empire should we expand today? Right? Like that, that takes. Well, it's something. funny that you said that, that same thing that you were talking about in your float tank, yeah. uh, where you see it up and it's constructed. I mm -hmm. do that with my personal self. Good. And what I, yeah. what I mean by that is there's, here's communication, here's knowledge, here's personality, here's sales, here's everything. And every morning I'm kind of looking at it and I go, okay, what marker are we going to slide up today? 
what, mm. what are we going to, we're going to dive into private equity and then we're going to do some workouts and we're going to do some push-ups, and that's going to help the vine. And then we're going to eat good. And then we're going to talk to this person who's going to expand my brain. And it's like, you know, that is slowly moving. And it's like, my buddy said this to me, he goes, be careful that you don't realize how great you are at something that you find it to be too easy to do over and over again. And he was like, dude, you're like really good at Airbnb. Like, don't run away from it. It's like a skill and it's very popular. And, and it was like, okay. And so then we like decided to like put a focus on it. And here we go. We got a fun, we got this, you know, it's like, mm. it's like, that doesn't mean I'm going to do it forever. It just means that like, Hey, you put in seven years, like you made it farther than most people do. And you've got the battle scars to prove it. Now you can go and teach others how to do it. And it's actually something I really enjoy because it creates financial freedom. But I didn't want to do it for so long because I was over it. But it's not about me anymore. It's for other people and, and teaching them. And so then I can find peace in that moment. You just nailed it. So that's how the great entrepreneurs do it is they're, yeah, maybe they're great at Airbnb or programming or whatever. The great entrepreneurs are the ones that can take that and they can take the thing that's in their brain and they can download it into SOPs. I know people, I was a commercial banker with, you know, 10 to $500 million companies. And the thing that limited them the most was, is the head of that company a tribal leader or are they able to download the skills and expertise and Rolodex down into that next level of management so that there can be succession? If there can, now there's room for wings to spread. And so if, if I were you, you know, just using you as an example, cause you did, uh, the thing isn't going to be how good can you get with the Airbnbs before you can move on? It's like, how quickly can I train someone to be me? How quickly can I replace myself effectively and efficiently to where somebody is that is going to be just as good, if not better at me, than me at that thing. And I think that's what really separates the best leaders. That's what we're doing right now. I love it. That's so great. People want to find your podcast. They want to, they want to follow the journey. How would they do that? So I have the Spear and Clover podcast, which is uh, at Spear and Clover on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, uh, everything. Uh, Spearandclover.com. Uh, and I'm Jason Skisick uh, on Instagram as well. Uh, you know, the big thing I'm doing this year, I have, I have nothing to sell right now. I may in the future. Uh, for me, it's listen to the podcast. If you're an entrepreneur and I like, I like to call them renegade entrepreneurs, people that are swimming against the stream uh, and you want to tell your story, reach out to me directly. I would love to have you on the show. Love it. Dude, retired per, per se, uh, doing podcasts, the dream life. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> dude, yes, sir. They, thank God I have other things to do because I would record about 15 <laughs> a day. So, uh, but uh, I would, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, guys, if you like this episode, send it to a friend and we'll see you next time.